and welcome to another episode of Another Music Podcast with me, Harry, and my co-host, Jazz Boy. This is the music podcast where we talk about, let's be honest, a lot of content about Muse, but more than just that, hopefully, in the future, we talk about music in general. But today's episode, episode two, is all about a... (laughs) <laughs> a battle of the epic an epic battle between the resistance 2009 is it good is it bad i'm on the side of it isn't great and matt is and matt is on the other side of it before we dive into it if you like what you hear don't forget to like share and subscribe hit the notification bell to not miss out on any of my content and my co-host matt before we get started where can people find you if you search at jazzboyfuckicon with either a TM or without a TM at the end, you'll find me on everything. That uh, no one else has that handle, I don't think. Everything. Just <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> OnlyFans, Pornhub. I was just gonna I was just gonna make an OnlyFans joke. Uh, you, yeah, you, I need you, to make you, my OnlyFans actually. You, you, I need you, to make that. Yeah, you beat me to it. Uh yeah, links in the description down below. Don't miss out on anything and everything that Matt and I are putting out there. And let's dive into it with the resistance. Is it good or is it bad? I'm sure I can come up with a better name from that. The way we're going to tackle this is by going through the album piece by piece. We're actually going to stop just before Exogenesis because that's uh, an epic three-parter that probably deserves a video of its own. So we're going up to I Belong To You. Before we start that, Matt and I are both musicians and producers at the same time. So we'll be talking about composition and the production approach as well. So we'll try and articulate those points as best we can. Matt, what do you like about Uprising? Uh, Oh, that's a good question. It's a banger of an opener for an album the synth part is brilliant i've always wanted to come up with something like like as iconic as that i think lyrically it's just before they started to get a bit boring with uh in fact i think resistance is their peak of like okay yeah we're still anti-state anti-government kind of thing then after that it was like okay you've done this now so i think uprising was the peak of when that was cool um for a second i thought you said anti-estate they're like they just really hate chaps <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck them. No, no i think also it's a good one for bassists because the bass tone is one of those ones that people are like, oh, how'd you get that? And all the filtering and stuff is sick, man. It's like awesome. Cool. So say your piece, Mr. Harry. Okay, so what don't I like about uh, Uprising? Compositionally, musically, great. Really fun to do. I think it's it's kind of uh, Matt at his... Uh, at one of his best in terms of the arrangement in there, the 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 instruments that they're utilising in there, the hilarious fact that there's a thirty grand synth that just does this tiny little thing at the end of the song is hilarious. Um, in term, but in terms of the chord progression, really, really good. It's a great kind of like kind of protest kind of march song because of the way the 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 guitar is the bass is just kind of thumping the whole way through keeping that pace going hats off to chris's forearm for that one i think that they think it's one for me just just under hysteria in terms of just how big his arm has probably grown since playing that drum drum wise i'm obviously i'm not a drummer so i can't really speak to it that much it's that it, the drums don't blow me away so it, i think i think it's just to kind of keep the pace going vocals f- fine i don't really pay attention to lyrics too much one of the things that gets me down about uprising is the fact that it is the doctor who theme yeah i guess for me it's different enough and this is going to be weird because obviously i was just ripping on will of the people in the last episode but <laughs> for me i think because it doesn't do the octave jump followed by the semitone thing at the top yeah, yeah, I, I think it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit hyperbolic when I'm saying the Doctor Who theme, but it's, it's just, it's that opening bit that's just like, oh, uh, okay, it's not quite, but it's like, it's like a weird owl 
kind of if, if Weird Al did Doctor Who. The other thing that I don't like about it is is the actual production itself. And specifically, because I'm a guitarist, I'm going to talk about how much I don't like the guitar for it. Specifically, the riff. This was the first album that Muse produced themselves. They were on their own. They had an engineer to kind of help set up and stuff, but they did it themselves. They directed them in terms of how they wanted the sound to really be. And it, re it desperately shows with the resistance. And unfortunately, it shows really alarmingly a lot in Uprising. By, th by the time you get to that riff, you, you, you've kind of on this peak of this kind of marching song you've got this huge tone you've got this layered vocals it's really kind of getting you going despite me not liking the album that much there's mm. bits about it I really like but by the time you get to that that riff it's just like oh this is played for a, a, a Vox AC30 combo mm. as much as I love that tone it's really good Brian May's made an entire career out of it and The Edge but it's like this is your kind of like this is your kind of like stadium kind of like filler and you've just got this kind of like flat tone there's nothing else going on in there to really grab you want a big you i'd want like keep the ac30 but kind of throw in some like diesel amps as, as well but also the other thing that gets me it's a single coil neck pickup mm -hmm. and it it's just it just falls flat and you watch it live and it's this huge tone it's like why didn't you utilize that it's not as though they have no idea how to make a good tone because they just came off of the black holes tour when they were recording this in a, i think you and i've spoken about this before at least, in my, at least in my opinion, a lot of the tones on that tour, not not necessarily the album, but on the tour, some of the best tones, guitar-wise, that Matt has ever had. Like the fuzz tone for Supermassive Black Hole. Incredible. Both for the most of the song, but also in the verse as well. That's one of his best tones ever. Then you got this weedy, rubbish riff tone for Uprising, and it completely neuters the entire song. Mm. Uh, as good as the last chorus is, it, it's just like... I've this is a it's a good sound it's got a great vocals on it and it's got it's really pumping but like i've just i've just remembered that and it's like well i guess maybe i can maybe i can fire back because i think maybe with this album you can argue what's more important if you were coming at it from the songwriter's perspective the concept or the song and so i think with uprising um it's supposed to be like a weird radio broadcast underneath big brother kind of calling people to fight and unite it might not work having that fat riff because the fact that it's a single coil neck pickup through a vox ac30 it's got this real small sound it almost sounds like something people would be able to play on an amp on a truck in a protest moving forwards kind of thing so i think you can defend it a bit that way and i think you can do it on this album because i think they were genuinely trying to do a concept album i think on later albums i think it gets a bit like hairy about defending it through a concept i that's a very good point and I, I i appreciate that um in terms of my fire back to that it's a half-assed concept because but you because you get to undisclosed desires that's nothing to do with the theme yeah you get to guiding light that's nothing to do with the theme unnatural selection starts to pull it back a bit and NK Ultra does a really good job of pulling it back, despite the fact that it's about the CIA giving people LSD. And it's like, I kind of see what you're trying to say, but yeah, and then I belong to you just off on it. So the concept is half-baked. I when As you said that, I'm reminded of an interview with The Edge from U2 or something, something, something like that. It's when you're doing... Uh, it was about um, a specific guitar sound from when they were doing vertigo i think um it was you've got to serve the song you've got to make the tone that's going to serve that song right and ever since i heard this years ago i'm we're talking like a decade and a half now at this point it's like it really rings out and sings true in terms of like music production when you're recording these songs and putting them together you need to do what's best for that song you've got to have the song in mind to really grapple with 
that concept and not have it the other way around. Whilst I completely see your point about you want to have that sound where it could just be on the back of a truck getting people riled up. Your average listener isn't going to be aware of that. You just want, you want this kind of you want this turn that's going to move through with the rest of the song the whole way through. So and to be fair, I, that, I, do, I do think that Muse are a bit rubbish with their concept albums. I think the only one they've ever really stuck to the concept properly is absolution maybe drones but that's not even a good album like completely i don't think interesting i don't see absolution as a concept just because like again the themes are just all over the place yeah but it's all very end of the worldy on absolution it's a very loose concept but whenever they've tried to do something like yeah like whenever they're like oh it's 1984 it's like okay three of the tracks are don't say it's a concept then just say oh i was influenced by this yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's playing fast and loose with the idea of what a concept album is. I think Resistance was probably the peak of their creativity, maybe? Because I think after that, they just got very concerned with commercially viable stuff, but trying to make that into their rock stuff, in a way. Oh, what, you're thinking, like, what they did with Madness? Yeah, like, I think they tried with Drones, but I still think there's a lot of too much pop concern in there. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. Ooh. Interesting take. Um, okay, so uh, th- so that's that's our uh, that's everything I wanted to speak about uprising. Anything further from from you on that? No, I think um, I think totally. It's fun. It's a great song. It's just yeah, maybe it could have been a bit fatter on the riffs. Maybe yeah. Um, it, it's not. I, I'm not coming out swinging with a really big argument for this, but it's just that Matt has built up this reputation of having a great you know great sounds, good composition, and. The highlight of the song just falls flat. It's like that's a that's a big no no for me, and it just it just kind of puts my head against the entire album. So Matt, we're going to go on to Resistance now. This song itself, talk to me. What works for you? Resistance, I think, is a good song. It's not one that I'd like be super chuffed to see live. I wouldn't hate it if they played it live, but it's not one that I'm a massive fan of. But I think, from a songwriter perspective, I think it's really good. The pre-chorus is brilliant. The bass line in the pre-chorus is one of the best bass lines ever, I think. That's such a sick little part. And I think, I guess it's like post-chorus where it's like, the night has reached its end. Oh, the bridge. Yeah, that bit. I love that bit. I think overall I don't have any problems with it, but it's not a highlight for me on the album. That's that's fair. Really good analysis. I think I pretty much agree with a lot of what you're saying. I like that it opens quite in a subdued kind of dark way, but then by the time that synth is really in there, it then has shifted the kind of direction of it and then the vocals come in there's a load of themes going on in there it's really kind of well written again the production is just a bit lacking takes well, a while I disagree to... with you with that one actually oh okay well, I'll, I'll let you carry on one thing I've always kind of thought about Muse is that it doesn't sound like it was actually recorded on Earth or even this universe. It sounds, it's, it's very much establishes its own atmosphere. I'm saying that with all other albums in mind, maybe not Showbiz because that was their first endeavour and someone else and other people did the recording side of it. But with all their other albums, even with Origin of Symmetry, they took a lot of control in kind of how the recording process was done. But for some reason, The Resistance just goes, oh no, it was recorded on Earth and it was recorded in a room. How do you know you can hear the room? Whilst we were just talking about Uprising, you can really hear the room on some elements of it. You can really hear it in in the song Resistance. Just The drums just don't sound open and powerful and vibrant enough. And that really pulls it down a bit. Atmosphere of the synths at the beginning sound great, but then they do kind of fall flat a bit to me. And when it opens up into the pre-chorus, you, then you get into some kind of more classic Mew sounds. It really sounds open. But then when you get to that bridge part, whilst it sounds good and fun, 
it really shows you the room that it's in and it's just kind of spoiling the immersion for me. And again, it has to be because music were producing this themselves. They were in uncharted territory for themselves. And it just and to me, it just shows that they've spent, and this was what, 2008 when they started recording it, they'd spent nine years, maybe 10 years, because maybe recorded Showbiz in 98. They'd spent the last, let's say, better part of a decade in studios learning the craft. They may not have been producing, but they were involved in that process. You'd have thought that by then they would have absorbed some things. They'd have looked at, how did we make Apocalypse Please sound huge while well, we recorded it in a swimming pool? You know, naturally, as you would. Or how did we get that kind of, that um, dark open atmospheric vibe for the drums for Ruled by Secrecy. You record it outside on a farm and have a farmer come and tell you off. Or or, or like uh, you take an amp and then shake it when you want to do a solo for the thoughts of a dying atheist. I'm just I'm just showing you that I've seen the making of Absolution documentary at least 10 times. <laughs> um, but it's like, be creative. And all they did was like, Dom, go in that room and I'll hit record. It's like, okay. Mm. What more? Um, and it... it, it I think compositionally it's great. That baseline is phenomenal. The uh, the arrangement is good in theory, and the the composition was was wonderful. The vocals you can't really go, go wrong. It just falls flat uh, in my experience because I've exper- I've had it seen it live twice, maybe three times. It's like I would be more than happy if I never experienced it live again. It's it's very much a studio song. Doesn't do anything crazy live, and so to me, it, it just falls flat because of the production. Just really lets it down. Just sounds too flat. And that's my that's my piece. Fair. Enough. I think I think I might disagree with you a bit on the production thing. I think you yeah you now that you've pointed it out, you can kind of hear the very singular sound of all the tracks. That they all sound quite in in the same room kind of thing, which. I don't necessarily mind. In some ways, I think that lends to the charm of the fact that it is their first one they're producing, because in some ways it's kind of, it sounds a little bit like you've taken the boys from Devon and put them back in a room and said, right, make an album kind of thing without any help from anywhere else. So it's almost a bit, the dryness sounds a bit authentic to me. Um, But the thing that I really like from production wise that isn't just like an opinion on the sound is I think the mixture between the bass and the toms in the verses is really good. Um, Because if you listen to just the toms in isolation, they don't quite have the same hit. If you listen to just the bass in isolation, it's kind of just like, and you're like, all right. But when they're, the way they've mixed them together, it's like there's this kind of thing proper like coming at you. which is weird because it doesn't really work for the for the style of the song, but um, <laughs> I like it. The other thing I was going to say as well is I think the pre-chorus is the catchiest bit of the song because the chorus isn't actually that good of a melody, which I think is why it probably didn't pop off live. Because if you think about the actual melody of the chorus, it's like... It sounds like lift music. Yeah, it's not very catchy. Like whereas mm. Plug in Baby, classic melody. Like you've got the cool development, recapitulation. So it works. Whereas Resistance a bit too flowy for it to be a proper chorus. Um, so that's probably why I've got a sound resistance. 
Ooh, okay. For those of you listening, we are not, this isn't like a, oh, Matt's got one point and I've got no points. It's just you as the audience make up your mind. Are we talking sense? Or are you just going to burn me with pitchforks because I dare to not like something from Muse? Okay, so we're going to move on to Undisclosed Desires now. And I think actually, weirdly, this is a bit of a highlight for the album for me because whilst I see this still has the same sort of issues that the rest of the album has, I forgive it because as a guitarist, my guitarist brain actually comes in at this point because I am a bit forgiving over how it sounds because it's so there's so much room for interpretation here there's no guitars in it at all so I'm like when I play it what can I do I can get creative and experimenting with how I do it so with that in mind I, I actually really like Undisclosed Desires but ironically because of what it doesn't sound like if that makes sense because it's so open to interpretation um, I like the electronic vibe to it because at that point we haven't really experienced a lot of electronic elements in in the album that much there's been like synths and stuff but nothing quite out there but obviously we can't talk about undisclosed undisclosed desires without talking about slap bass whilst it died a death it became desperately unfashionable for a long time it works so well in this song i, I couldn't tell you a lot about it i don't know and i don't know any, almost anything about slap bass i mean if you start talking about slap bass uh, and like bassists i'd be like Les Claypool exists and uh, Bootsy Collins, and then like I'm I'm out of I'm out of you know your your big bassists. So I like so I like Undisclosed Desires because of the blank canvas that it is. It still has the same sort of failings that the rest of the production has because they're doing it themselves. I'm not going to you know rehash those points. But I like the way that it moves. The choruses sound quite large, and then they're really quite dark and intimate for the verses. I love that dynamic range. In all of my soundlight videos, I go on and on and on about dynamic range because you want to get the highs and the lows and you want to get those dark intimate small bits so you can really kind of bond with the song but then it really opens up and you can just be in awe of it so undisclosed desires is a bit of a gem on the album because we need it because of what comes next isn't great so that's that's my piece so yeah matt tell me about what you want okay so what do yeah. i like about undisclosed desires um i really like the slap bass as well i think the choruses are actually really fun and in some ways they're some of the heaviest choruses on the album um because of the way they're like the way they drive a little bit like how do i put this there's something about um maybe it's i don't even know because i think the chord progression stays the same for the chorus it must just be the way the instrumentation changes that it suddenly gives you this i thought the chord progression for the verses is just e flat g yes i think you're right because then the chorus brings in a b flat as well i think yeah, the chorus the chorus is four chords c minor e flat g minor a sharp major yeah yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there are different chords then. It's just um, something. Yeah. Something about that. The choruses have got that energy to them that's really mm. dark and driving. I actually think I've kind of got a similar opinion to you from Uprising, but for this, that I think they could have gone a bit harder at times. So, like, agreed. Yeah. So, like, live, for example, I love the whole sub bass thing that he was playing like the filtered bass to in like to bring it in because then that's going in through the choruses as well that he's playing and then there's also that weird like choir thing from the resistance era when they were doing it live that was kind of going throughout the whole thing like an arpeggiated type thing in um especially in the bridge bit before the last chorus, I think. Uh, um, yeah, well, that's that's the keyboard part of the guitar, yeah. the guitar that was doing that. Yeah, yeah. That, so that, that, that. Sorry, just cool just just to butt in right there. That instrument that they made was 
incredible. It was a shame it was never, it was only used for that song and only for that tour. Because that was, that was so much that could have been done with that. I was like, what is this? I know they should have played like Exogenesis and shit on it, like, or something, I don't know. Yeah, something like, actually, no, that, that instrument would have been really good for Algorithm Live. Mm, mm. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Carry on. Um, I think the bass. I think annoyingly, if you watch the making of Resistance, the level of the bass in the verses is actually how it should have been on the record. If you actually listen to the record, you might miss the slap. That's where I want the the pump and the funk to come in. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I would say is I like the pizzicato strings, but I think I prefer the synth they were using in the second Law Tour. That's more like of a vocal kind of. Oh, completely agree i think what would it, i liked that they used the string sound live but i think it would have been good if they'd bolstered it with that electronic sound as well to really kind of get that across uh, yeah it's, it, I, it it does sound really good so my argument for resistance isn't a great album falls apart when i get to undisclosed desires because i actually think it's quite good it's quite a good song um apart from the elements that i've already said before it sounds quite small and thin in places but at this point, the song three into the album, and this is at the moment, this is the best bit about it. Moving on, United States of Eurasia. Oh, yes. So I think this song was quite a big deal for me at one point because I think Resistance was the album that kind of got me into Muse. Well, I say that. I heard Uprising first and I thought, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then I heard Plug In Baby and I was like, actually, I quite like this. So I gave Uprising another go. I was like, oh, I quite like this, actually. So I think when I got to United States of Eurasia, I was kind of blown away a little bit at the time. Yeah, it was just one of those ones that really hit me. There's like an orchestra and it's classical music, but it's Queen and also something else that I don't quite know, like this weird combination of genres and stuff. And I think from a songwriter perspective, that was a really good one to listen to because it kind of goes, oh, no, you don't need to write songs like anyone else. Like, there's nothing you need to follow because these guys have taken Marla and then chucked that into Queen and then combined it into their own weird sound. So I think there's probably, if you take out Exogenesis, probably some of their most interesting stuff on the album. I really love the Queen style in part of the United States. And I think the, um, the outro, actually, that leads into the Chopin piece, where it's like, um, Eurasia, da, 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 that is heavy as fuck. And like, <laughs> that's so good. I just think maybe they overplayed it a little bit. That's my only my only negative for the song is I think they maybe overplayed it a little bit around Resistance and Second Law. Otherwise, I think it's a great song. Mm, interesting. So I remember when this came out, I was in, it was 2008 slash 2009, because obviously I think it came out ahead of the album. So they were releasing it in like 30 second clips. They put it on memory sticks and hidden it around Europe. I've heard this, yeah. Yeah, I remember that it was that it was a thing because me and my mate James from school, we were you know huge Muse fans then, and we were talking about, oh, the next clip is out, let's listen to it together. Great gimmick, wouldn't work now because no one knows what a USB stick is anymore. Yeah, isn't it? Nice little, nice little idea, and it's like, okay, it's time for this kind of like piano bit. Okay, interesting. Like, oh, it's spooky, and then you go on to the next bit, and then and then and then and then. And I'm like, that shaded my view of it. Kind of broke it down to try and build up the excitement in what is, again, playing into the themes that I'm really shouting for so far. It's so flat. You're like, yes, the, the, he's moved to put the guitar down, he's playing some piano. That's what Matt's, you know, good at from doing both instruments. But it's not, it's not a big bombastic thing like 
apocalypse please but it's not this kind of dark intimate throw you to the secret police at a moment's notice like ruled by secrecy it's just like hey, here is some piano it's like it's as though like chris martin could have come in and just said oh i'm going to turn this music song into a coldplay song it's got no idea it's got no identity to it that piano doesn't do anything and then then when it get when it builds and then the drums come in yes there's there's something in there but the thing that i do like about it compositionally is that the, the kind of the Eastern melody. That bit really is so lyrical and flows really well. But then when you get into the verse, with the piano's back in, in that kind of normal way, but then the bass is there as well, it's like, there's this hole, there's this massive hole, sonically, that is just like, a guitar should go in there. Because the vocal the vocals only take up so much room, it's like, it, it is so empty. And again, it's because they didn't really know what to do with it. Like, compositionally, it, it's fine. But they just needed a good producer and engineer combo to go, right, we can put something in here. We can really layer up some vocal stuff. Because we aren't using a guitar here. We've got a lot of space harmonically. We can put the orchestral pieces in there during the verses stuff. But it's just it's just this gaping hole to the point where it sounds really quiet. And it ruins the entire song for me. It goes on for way too long. For ridiculously too long for, for what it really has to offer. The Queen bit, where, the, where there are some guitar in there, is fine, but it just comes out of nowhere to the point. Why is Matt Bellamy trying to do a Brian May impression? This isn't what he's playing piano at the same time. Well, so, yeah, it's like what's that really? What's that really doing? Because it's so low in the mix, it doesn't really do anything. If it had been, if it had been like front and center, been like have this kind of face melting riff, it'd have been like, well, how are you going to replicate that live? And you think the concept album? Who cares? It's like where are you going with this? This is this is a good example of like too many ideas that were allowed to exist rather than stamping some of them out. If you want some guitar in there for some crazy leads, justify its existence by putting in... Just having one or two guitars just playing the rhythm for the verses and the choruses, and then bring them out. It just really, really lets the side down. That's that's my real issue. It's just empty. Yeah, well, I think um, you've actually got a point with the verses. I've never really noticed, actually, the kind of lackingness of something. But in kind of... I think you could fix it really easily and do it in a way that's very musy. And that would just be to add Queen style backing vocals to the verses. So instead of it just being you and me are the same, have it like you, you and me are the same. Because then you've kind of, you've still got that whole vibe of Queen and weirdness, but it's not quite as empty in the verses. That's what I would do anyway. Yep. Okay. But the way I'm interpreting that is that you then sit on the side of could have been better, should have been better. and Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. Versus, I'll give you that. Everything yeah. else, I think it's especially the way it transitions into Nocturne. I think is really good. Yeah, um, I I'm not going to speak to that the bit well the collateral damage bit because all Matt is doing is just playing someone else's music with jet noises over the top. Mm. What's that doing? It's like okay, great, you're recording whilst you're at a NATO Air Force base. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from the collateral damage bit. Um, it just as a song itself, it's so yeah, it, there's a lot to be desired. I like the I like your idea of really leaning into the um, the vocal development for the song. And it just, yeah, it's even more flat. The, out, the outro is great, but to get to that high, that kind of bombasticness just comes out of nowhere. So left field because it was doing other stuff. It's a it's a sonic mess. That's well, fair enough. I think I disagree with you a bit, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, let's move on to Guiding Light. Boy, where do I start with Guiding Light? You want a song? Okay, C major. There you go. Boom, done, sorted. Next. Uh, what? Um, so it bl- it blends seamlessly from United States because of that jet noise. It's like wow, and then you're just left with this big drum sound. Bum bum 
bum, 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 that those drums ha- don't hit. They sound big, but they don't have an impact. Mm. It's turned up and he got a bit of reverb on there. It's like there's not, there's nowhere near enough low end for it to really get you in the chest. Quite like a shallow sound, which is why I like it live. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's better live. And then what the hell is on that snare? Because it's like you can hear, yeah, you can just hear the river behind under it because they did, but they called it a field or something. It, it was just like, what is that? What's that really doing? Again, to speak to what I was saying before about you can really hear the room in a lot of the songs on this album. This one goes the other way. It's like, okay, Harry, you, you don't fucking like the rooms we're recording, right? We'll do, it, we'll do it outside. It's like, that's not the point I'm trying to make. You want to make it sound like it, it wasn't done on Earth and all I can hear is the River Seven. I know it was, it was recorded in like coma, so you know, it definitely isn't the River Seven, but it's just like, what are you doing? Comes in with these oh, Muse songs in major keys just don't work. And then he's talking about sort of positivity, you know. Maybe it was he was reading too much 1984 at the time and trying to be a bit positive, but it's too happy for... Maybe it's a contrast and the kind of depressing bits that we've seen in the album at that point, but it's a tight theme you can get behind. Like I said, it's in a major key. It just feels like it's going through the motions. It's so... F- it's really boring. Compositionally doesn't do anything. The guitar solo was bizarre. I mean, it, it's like, it, it starts off great. You know, the... Dun, dun, like great right that can really go somewhere and then he just shreds a little bit i love it <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> and then and then and then it does the 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 yes the last bit of the solo and then still using that same solo sound then goes into that post solo bit and it's like what 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 i don't understand i don't i don't get it bearing in mind he's like yes he's they're getting away from a verse chorus verse chorus kind of structure it's kind of, it is trying to do this kind of like build over time sort of sound kind of like what invincible did it did have verses and choruses but they were clever with how they shaped it what, what i think to that i think is like i think guiding light is the resistance's answer to the invincible mm. in every single way it's an inferior song I, i'd give you that i give you that it's it's not as good as invincible yeah it, it it's just a disaster from beginning to end actually the best bit about guiding light is when it finishes <laughs> well i couldn't disagree with you more oh hit me hit me <laughs> i quite like that ridiculous it almost sounds like they're playing drums in the rain because of how <laughs> reverby it is in fact until i actually put two and two together that it was the sound of him recording the snare outside i thought they had recorded it somehow with loads of water on the skin and recorded the water coming back down to hit after the hit after the hit if you see what i mean yeah I, I don't know. I don't know solidly how it was done, but you can definitely hear some sort of running water behind. Whether it could have just been, they had they had a recording of water, and then they had side chain or a gate that would open with the tail end. Mm-hmm. I have a re- I really love the um, synth pad slash string pad in the verses and the tremolo effect that's on it. I think that's really sick. I also think the chord progression, although it's in C major, it's actually quite interesting because it kind of moves a bit like a hymn or like an old, old timey organy piece because of some of the the movements of the chords. It's very, if I say voice leading, the chords are very like that as in the way they invert and stuff and they move up and down into the different chords. It's very plagal and churchy, almost. That might be why I don't like it. But it's interesting because that's why I really <laughs> like it. I love that because <laughs> I really like the um, the chords at the intro, at the beginning of Unnatural Selection as well, because they're very churchy, and not just because it's an organ, but the yeah, actual, yeah. 
harmonic relations between them. Um, so I really like that. I think the choruses are cool. I think they, I don't know, they're not incredible choruses, but they're definitely better than um, Resistance's chorus. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I really like the guitar solo. I think, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but that's almost the best thing about it. Is that, yeah. Like, so they're like, hey, do you know what would go really well in this pop ballad? A little bit of a shred solo. Like, all right, cool. Um, let me let me get my guitar that's got red glitter on it first. Yeah. <laughs> um i get that it's not necessarily what people want from muse but i quite like it and i think maybe that's as poppy as i would like them to ever go in the future stay about as as close to that but go back to the rock in there i think yes but matt you really like get up and fight that's true i do like (laughs) get up and fight it is a banger and you can't you can't say guiding light is as poppy as they should get because like oh god night and day i yeah i think it yeah for me, lowest point of the album, it makes no sense. Very much like United States of Eurasia, there's too many ideas going on in there for it to kind of really come together. Guitar so is the, it might be the most bombastic and maddest thing out there. For me, it just falls apart. But you like that. Um, mm. in, it, normally, because of what you just said, I'd go, I like that because it's so off the wall mad. But I take Muse way too seriously because they talk about serious themes. Mm. And then when they do stuff that just doesn't make sense, it's like, what? That's 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 my response to Guiding Light. But we now move on to Unnatural Selection. Oh, so hit me. A well-forgotten well song on this album. Tragically. This is where I'm going to struggle to say it's not very good. Yeah, same. Bearing, but yeah, bear, bearing in mind, uh, we are both talking about compositionally and production-wise. So Matt, Unnatural Selection, why is it an absolute banger? I think any song that can pull off a change to 6-8 in the middle is pretty cool. Wants <laughs> to impress Matt, just put 6-8 in there. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think the riff is really cool because it kind of harks back to Origin and Absolution style riffs, mm. but it's still slightly different. Lyrically, it's not boring, but it's still talking about like us versus them type situations. But with Yeah, with little to no nuance. Yeah, but there's, there's this slightly more metaphor in Unnatural Selection. Because it's not directly about government, it's a bit more broad about like, oh, it's about a concept as opposed yeah, to yeah. I think the bad. the the piece on the the, the part on um, droplets in the ocean, but that's the, that's the bit that really hits that it can be quite open to interpretation, and I I like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like the guitar tones. I think it's really clever how you think it's a massive chuggy diesel in the like chorus sections, but actually it's just a little bit of a gained up. AC30 with like all the mids fucking cranked and then you're like love that Um, (laughs) my only gripe I think would be I wish he used the um, direct fuzz tone that he was using live more recently for the solo section and I wish that they'd just put in a bit more like Diesel or Marshall in the final outro riff and turned it a bit, lent a bit more into the metal feel. But other than that, I think that's one of the best songs on the album. Yeah. Like I said at the, at the top of this, this is going to be really difficult for me to say that this is on objectively Muse's worst album ever because Unnatural Selection and a song we haven't gotten to yet is the highlight of the album. Um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, it's still suffering from boring production guitar, boring product guitar production. Sorry, it is just an AC30. You can hear it through and through. That's just a combo amp. It, mm. the The nature of the riff itself demands that you get some serious meat behind that. 
you want that to really drive. You want it to be like in my head, it would be like you want to double track that guitar, make them so tight that it sounds like one guitar, but it's two, so it's so it sounds massive. I like I, so yeah, the riff tone just needed to be bigger. I like what they're doing with the pre-chorus in terms of it goes from this huge riff to just this um, guitar line that just follows the vocal. Great little touch because then you, it's great when you double up instruments and then when you go to the chorus itself it really should have opened up a lot more the ac30 tone works a bit better because it's just trying to be a bit chucky um but you wanted some extra drive in there some extra grit and i think i really like orange amps i'd have been like you want to put something that's kind of got this kind of stocky 4x12 orange amp in there underneath the ac30 just to really get it going Bass, absolutely fine, mirroring exactly what the guitar's going on there, and the drums, solid, straight down the middle. Compositionally, it's really, really, really good. Lyrically, a bit ambiguous, but a bit more kind of direct in the content that it was kind of going from from, pre- from the previous songs. It's a highlight of the album at this point, and the, the, the slower section, um, I like the fact that it pulls out all the guts and all the drive. You lose all that energy, and you're just kind of like dumped in this kind of like bewildering, really atmospheric environment. And it really does a lot to kind of do that, give that idea of you're not in a room, you're not in this, you're not in this universe, you're in this other kind of place, really to kind of just shock you into this. Because the while the opening was a bit, you know, churchy and sounds a bit weird, but then it really transforms. This thematically, the song really moves. I think that's its best strength, its best attribute. I like that it that it is like six minutes long because it's got so much to say. It just it just needed a lot more beefing up to really kind of get those low ends in there. The drums could have been a lot meatier, a lot grittier. Bass is absolutely tip top, maybe a bit more dirt. And uh, maybe I think in the um in that slower section, the bass maybe should have taken over a lot more kind of centre stage in that time before then the break of the guitar came in. So it it, it, it could have had a lot more done to it, but it's still at this point the best part of the song. Mm. Only other thing I'd say is I wish they'd have put maybe some, yeah, either do what you said, which was make the bass a bit more of a feature in the slow section, or um include the organ part that Morgan was playing live. Because that's great. It's just yeah. chord, and there's a couple of yeah. There was some. I think it might have been early in, in when they were playing that live. He was just like improvising over it. It was just like yeah, I, liked I was that. like that. Oh yes, Morgan, do that. It's a shame that Morgan's left. Yeah, it's weird now, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I didn't have any problems with the dude when I saw him, but it's just odd that it's not Morgan. You want Morgan back? But I know that he's. I think he's left because he wanted to spend more time on family. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I think you're right. Just more of that um, organy sound in there would have been brilliant. That's a really good call on your side, actually. Yeah, organs are great. Okay, great. I, I think I think we've covered that. We're now going to move on to the next song. So MK Ultra. This is probably tied. In fact, I might say that this is my favourite on the album. I think. I think there's a bit more tonal variety from guitars. It's not just like a Vox AC30 for the whole thing, which is nice, because I'm pretty sure that's the only other amp that's been used for the entire album so far. The synthy guitar tone riff thing is brilliant. I really like how dark that riff sounds. And also, somehow they've managed to, in the way they've written that riff and the general vibe, they've really managed to master that sensation of feeling quite paranoid. And if anyone's actually ever done any hallucinogenic drugs or or things like that you'll probably know that sensation of feeling like not quite in your head kind of thing there's a weird apparent paranoia is probably the best way to put it but if you've ever done it you'll know what i mean by that kind of slightly detached like is this really my mind 
sensation. Somehow they've really nailed that in the way they've written it. And the tone, maybe it's the tonal choices as well, because some of those synths are really weirdly aggressive, even though they don't necessarily punch aggressively. There's certain character. It, basically, whenever I listen to the song, I feel like I am getting brainwashed, which is brilliant because that's probably what they wanted. Like, well, 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 but considering the theme of what it was, I think it really speaks to that forcing LSD onto people to see, can, can we control people with drugs? After billions of dollars later and years of research later, the answer is no. Well, it's, it's interesting, actually, because... The lyrical, because it's called MK Ultra, you think about like the CIA stuff and the, yeah. the psychedelic stuff. But if you look at the lyrics, they're way more sort of about maybe the engine behind MK Ultra because it's talking about all of history deleted with one stroke. How much deception can you take? How many lies will you create? How much longer till you break? Um, your mind's about to fall. It's all kind of like, yeah, it could be MK Ultra, but it's also kind of like substituting the, the psychedelic drug in the process of MK Ultra for mainstream media and television and modern world basically as the substitute like how many lies are you going to take how much deception are you going to be able to put up with um oh that's interesting it's effectively mk ultra on a grand scale is what they're singing about yeah i was i when i listen to the song i'm taking it from like the the kind of position of it's someone who's been captured by the enemy and and like as Matt's singing it, like Matt has captured this person, which kind of makes Matt look like the bad guy. Mm. Well, because you know the Americans are the good guys. Oh, of course, yeah. Apparently, um, but it's making that making Matt look like the interrogator, and it's like okay, that's that's quite interesting. That's a cool vibe. But then, of course, obviously, if if you're the one singing it, you're you're going to be the one to want to paint yourself as the good guys, uh, as as in cinema and stuff, um, the most compelling bad guys are the people who think they are the right ones, the correct ones. So that's uh, so I have a different experience with MK Ultra in terms of like a lyrical standpoint. Uh, I, I think I alluded to this earlier. I don't really pay attention much to lyrics outside of, of surface level stuff. You can tell if something's just airy-fairy and just not saying anything because they're just talking about really weird, boring, flat, abstract concepts. But I'm not saying that's what Muse do. I'm saying like other artists and musicians like... Main, mainstream ones have borderline nothing to say mm. but mk Ultra really stands out to me because you know when you when i first heard it when i was a kid it was like oh drugs government government conspiracy is all exciting and then you go into when you grow up to be an adult and you like you can actually think for yourself a little bit more you can go oh my god this is actually quite interesting so to go on to my point about mk ultra it is the best song on the album one of the best songs that they've ever written i think i mentioned this in one of my top 10 videos i did like two years ago um, in terms of songs to bring back or um, most underrated Muse songs. It's in one of them. It could have fit really easily on Drones. It was like a drone song ahead of its time. The riff is incredible that in terms of like the outro riff is incredible. The one at its own it as the break, but then also the outro where it, it has that, it builds the ascension. The, sp the opening spidery riff, that's the only way I can articulate it, is brilliant that's matt on his a game drums on the bass um doing really what they should do supporting the rhythm keeping that energy going because without that the spidery riff whilst it's compositionally great it's just it's crap on its own so it's a real great powerhouse of collaborativeness really coming together really showing off muse's strength vocal production great really strong um and guitar production wise i've got zero issues with it which to me just even even more goes how the hell did this end up on resistance because it doesn't fit in at all 
production-wise, it's like, okay, they found the diesel lamp, they found the master, they found something other than a Vox AC30. It was like, did they just rent them out for the day and run out of money on that on that day for, for MK Ultra and was like, all we've got left is this AC30. Did they was did, did they go so hard recording MK Ultra? I'm assuming they recorded it first. They blew it up, they blew up all their gear and were like, we're left with an AC30. We're going to have to be a Queen tribute band for this album. Well, it does make you question it a bit, doesn't it? Because in some ways, I wonder if <clears throat> they tried to do MK Ultra with a Vox AC30 as like the main driving tone, yeah, and it just didn't work, and so they decided to serve the song rather than the, the overall concept or something. But then, if they, if it kind of makes you think, well, if they decided, to, if they were conscious enough to do it on MK Ultra, why didn't they do it on the other songs? But, oh, perfect question there, Matthew. <laughs> I've got two good points. One about the vocals and one about another cons- possible meaning from this song. Vocals, I think it's some of their his best vocal work since maybe Assassin or, I don't know, before that, anything that's really stood out to me. Um, this is one of his ones that's really good because I think his harmony choices are brilliant in it. Like all the... Yes. Those yeah. things are brilliant. Um, and also the production that's blended his voice with the vocoder because there's no way he hits that low note on we are losing. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely artificial. That is so low that it's yeah. mental. Um, so I love that. And then the only other thing I was going to say is the, the way of reading it or, list, or thinking about the lyrics. I just thought because of the whole um, they're breaking through, we are losing control thing, yeah, it could be MK Ultra. Yeah, it could be what I said earlier about MK Ultra on a grand scale with mainstream media being the substitute for psychedelics or whatever. But I also thought about it as a very literal way of what your is if you were to give sentience to your your individual cells almost in your brain because it's like, oh, hang on, this drug is breaking through. We're losing. Oh my control. god! I, I like that because it, when you are those kind of drugs, like you do start to think that way a little bit. So it's. I think they've. I think mu- they must have taken some real benefits from when they were on shrooms in Origin. <laughs> well, you're assuming that they stopped doing drugs, Matt. Well, I hope they didn't. It'd be really upsetting if they did. I'd be like, "What happened? Like, what did you see?" Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine if they were still doing drugs, and then Matt sobers up one day, and goes, "Right, um, oh my god, what was I writing before?" And then he starts doing like this weird kind of like more gospel stuff, then like dig down. It's like he evidently wants to. Why does he just wants to be like a quietly? That's because he lives in LA now, Matt. Yeah, we, we, you and I, we've spoken about that before. I think he, he needs to. I think he needs to leave Los Angeles in America completely. Maybe come back to Britain. But he voted Brexit. He'll never come back. Yeah, I was curious with him voting Brexit. I think he probably voted for it because of the TTIP thing. But I don't actually. That may have already been subtly introduced into the EU. I don't actually know. But that was the thing that maybe was going to make me vote leave. But in the end, I just thought, no, fuck it. Let's just remain and see. But it doesn't matter. Fuck it. We're leaving, apparently. Well, at this point, we've left, mate. Mm. But, but there is a growing, growing army of people trying to get us back into the EU. Ooh. Growing support. And you know what? Do it. Can the UK come back into the EU, please, Ursula van der Leyen? <laughs> Can we have exactly the same deal as before, where we actually got a lot more out of the EU than we uh, put into it? That thing that Nigel Farage would never let anyone know that we got a really good, a really good agricultural deal. Mm. Anyway, back on to Muse. Uh, you said what you liked. I said what well, I I like. It. I think it's a phenomenal song. My arguments of poor production just fall apart with MK Ultra because it's just the shining light of of the resistance. MK Ultra is just for the whole album, literal perfection, tonally brilliant. 
compositionally great, amazing vocal work, solid performances from Chris and Dom. It's just so powerful. It's got balls. Mm. It's got so much testes, does that song do, which makes it all the more disappointing when you come to I Belong to You. <laughs> um, I'm just going to I'm just going to kick off here. What the f- is this song? I think I it's it, very it, weird because this was this was the second Twilight film by this point. So they were like, yeah, we need to make a song for them. So we need to make it for the tween audience. But why sacrifice a spot on an album? Like this because Muse now only do eleven songs an album. Yeah, I don't get that. Just do more. Do four. Why? 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 Why sacrifice like a, a little bit less than ten percent of your album space for something that you sing in French halfway through? But uh, See, I, I like look, that bit. Oh, he has, an, he has an appalling French accent. Oh, he does. Yeah, and it, I cringe. I cringe all the way through. I can't listen to "I Belong to You" because because <laughs> you're listening to Matt trying to sing in French, and it's like. Dude, stop. Stop. Live, they, he didn't do it, thankfully. They very rarely played a lot as a song live. But again, it, it, we've gone from MK Ultra, which was engineering-wise perfection, to another flat piano piece. The chords are quite interesting. The the actual, uh, uh, although I'm taking the piss out, the Twilight aspect of it, the version they made for the Twilight song has guitar on it. Yeah. And that, so that improves the song immensely. Yeah, I was literally going to say, if they just put the verses and choruses on guitar, like they did for the, the behind-the-scenes Twilight thing or whatever, and then had it so that he does a, um, Butterflies and Hurricanes and plays the operatic bit on piano and then goes back to guitar, whilst yeah. even if he wanted to play the solo, whatever, like it would be so much better. Yeah, it, it was it just because of that, and we've got, we've got the flat production quality of it, because of that, it just seems lazy. Which very is dry as well. Which is shocking, because the amount of effort and money that goes into making an album, especially for a band that big, because we're, we're in 2008, 2000, 2008 when they're recording. I know it was released in 2009. You'd be in the comments can stop. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, they'd won so many awards for best live act. And made, like, you know, it's like you've got a reputation that you now need to kind of like uphold and defend and to seemingly just be like, oh, press record. Well, fuck it. Mm. It's like, what? This is just flying in the face of their entire reputation, their career, and their fans at this point. And it's just, just shameful. I think the one, the only thing that I can, that kind of makes me deal with it, the fact that it's like evidently just them trying something different. I don't even know what vibe you call it. It's like jazz cafe kind of vibes almost. But it's like, it's one they haven't tried before. So that's the only silver lining I see with it. That and the fact that just as a classical singer and someone who's had experience in that world, it's quite funny whenever you hear a rock song or something go into an aria and you're like, oh, wait, I know this, like the kind of thing. That's cool. But other than that, it's like... Yeah, it it was trying to do... You had some interesting ideas, but the execution was poor across the board. Like, yes, that kind of like lounge jazz kind of vibe. Great. If they'd have, you know, made that an established theme in the album previously, or if they'd have, you know, developed it to make it actually work for their style that they were doing, because it, it's it, all over the place. It, 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 it's so rough. Again, like States of Eurasia, it's just like it had a few ideas that just fell flat. Why did he think it was a good idea to sing in French? I don't know. <laughs> but that's the worst bit. It, it, it and, and and we're not doing exogenesis in this bit, and uh, and it, so at this point, say without that, this is the end of the album. It's like you're gonna leave with that 
dude, that pile of crap on the on the plate. Like that's just it's such it's such an, an erroneous decision to come from this huge like more balls than a thing with a load of balls on it from MK Ultra to this kind of oh oh this wet fart. Mm. And, and it, it 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 feels just like a placeholder. I remember watching an interview and him talking about the French bit and the opera bit and him saying he was going to try and translate it into English but it just sounded terrible. And I'm like, look, if it sounds terrible in English and you can't quite sing the French, maybe you need to pick a different aria to go into the middle of this song. May like just a thought, like it kind of reeks of him forcing it a little bit. Yeah. With what I've said, is is a few ideas, half baked, not really considered. It's like, were they rushing this out? Was the label behind, like, eating them to like kind of get this out? But no, because Helium Three is their own production. They had all the time they needed. Why? It's like um, I Belong to You was written with the opera section in as like a way to prepare for them writing the Globalist and actually being able to put a classical piece in without it sounding like two different things but still managing to be a classical piece and their own composition. Mm. That's what I thought is the only thought I just had then is like, maybe that was them toying with the idea and then they mastered it with the globalist. That's being way too generous. Well, I mean, that's yeah, being that, generous. That's six years separation. You say that though. <laughs> that's like what? 13 years. Why are they? What? That, that riff first got out there in 99. So what? That's, that's for 16. Yeah. So I do. I think it's possible. I think it's possible either way. It could be that it's just a coincidence that they did a similar thing on the globalist and it worked, or it could be that they did try it and then they were like, "No, let's let's do it right. We know how to do it now with the globalist." But it's Matt Bellamy, so honestly, I've got no fucking idea. No, no one has an no one has an idea. I'm not even sure Matt knows. Um, <laughs> well, it's when he's like, "Oh, I've got an Adele song. It's my first attempt at an Adele song on this new album." I'm like, "Why do we want that?" <laughs> he's got some odd choices, man. And what has he done? In the past, like, oh, like, well. oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like that's interesting. It has something going for it, but Christ! Again, idea, great, interesting ideas, but poor execution. Matt Matt Bellamy should not work on his own. Absolutely not. Although, although I don't know what I don't know what situation was for Prey. You know, with the the um, Game of Thrones thing. I actually, I really like that. That's. I think that's a good song, and I think the reason why it's a good Matt Bellamy solo thing is because he was limited by it's got to be a, in line with this show yeah, and brief. these themes. Yeah, exactly. Because it, if he doesn't have that, he just loses himself in piano and falsetto. Like it's not really that commercially interesting. No, or maybe it is with all the acoustic singer songwriter fuckers, yeah. but I'm not one of them. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It it's a wet fart. I belong to is the worst song on the album. All of this is my opinion, but yes, yeah, in my opinion, it's the worst song on the album. So much working against it rather than for it. I mean, what's good about it? Um, they play in time and in the correct key. Yeah, and that is about as generous as I can get with that song. There's not much else, is there? <laughs> no. I, I mean, mean, the uh, clarinet solo is kind of cool, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want, you want to, you want to really show off you want to put yeah. a clarinet solo in there uh but then, they then all of them they, play clarinet evidently. yeah yeah they, yeah matt whips out a clarinet in his guitar just like oh pff, what's, the, what's even this that, even if he actually played a clarinet live or chris pulled out a clarinet live i'd be like okay fair enough yeah it's a but... weird try to put in another <laughs> instrument that one of them plays but it's just a keyboard alive and i was like why are you doing that like yeah it, and and the um the behind the scenes, the Twilight thing, Matt plays the solo on on the guitar. It's like, 
infinitely that's better because he does tremolo picking on it. Um, loads of delay, loads of echo. And it gives that vibe. It has that huge, that huge ambience to it, a great vibe to it, and a, and a tone that we hadn't heard before up to this point in the song. So it's adding to that. Whereas the clarinet, it's like, right, okay, here's a clarinet with one microphone on it. It sounds like it's recorded in the same room with the drums. But that's everything I've got to say, and I belong to you. Garbage song. Mm. There you yeah, go, I said it. Right. And that brings us to the end. That is why, with all of that in mind, poor production, poor execution, too many ideas, not enough of a solid laser focus on an end product of why I do not like the resistance. Matt, your debrief. Um, I think I weirdly agree with you with a lot of the stuff that you dislike about it. Did, did, were you, did you think that before? Or have, or have I somehow um, pulled you to the dark side? I hadn't really thought about the... Uh, kind of consistent room sound that it is kind of on everything you can hear that studio room like in everything which i hadn't really thought about before but again it doesn't necessarily ruin anything for me because i don't know in some ways it's really hard for me to be truly critical on this album well i think i have been i think i've kind of said a few things that have been negative and and criticizing of things and i've agreed with some of your criticisms but i just think that all of those criticisms don't take away from the fact that this album was probably the album that kind of made me want to be a musician because it was, it was my first steps into muse. It was my first steps into bridging classical with rock music, Mm. classical music in general. And so I kind of don't mind that it's a bit of a mess production wise and everything, (laughs) because I think in some ways that was the best way for me to receive that musical knowledge is in that messy in that format but i get that's just my personal response and i can totally see that the criticisms we've had are probably quite relevant so it's like if i had to be critical i'd rate it a lot lower than if i was to rate the albums based on my personal preference kind of thing Mm. um i would like to add the caveat the obvious caveat of if you like this album great more power to you you and i matt are both huge muse fans i don't think we need to explain or give our credentials as to why you know it's not to say that i hate the album it's my least favorite but it's got some great things on there it um So if you enjoy the album, go for it. Enjoy more of it. To Immersing oneself in music, whether it's new to you or old to you, is, is great, especially in these kind of times where people need a bit of comfort. If you love it, great. A lot of people I speak to on the internet cite Resistance as their favourite album, maybe for reasons that you have. It was their first exposure to Muse. That's um, when they blew up, I guess. Uh, yeah, again, a bit more relevant. Uh, my introduction to Muse was t- very tail end of Absolution Tour, beginning of Black Holes. That's, but my affinity kind of is more with... Well, is these those two albums but like origin really kind of brings it into me so those three albums are the actual like the the holy trinity of muse for me now, i'm not going to be taking it away from anyone if they find that the resistance is their favorite album more power to you if you can uh that brings this whole thing to a close really with uh with this dis- discussion on resistance good or bad um like we like we said at the beginning this isn't trying to me trying to beat matt and prove him wrong and this is not matt trying to prove him right so let us know what you think about it down in the comments below uh don't forget to like share and subscribe if you like what you hear like what you hear um before we go matt what would you like to plug let's go for my youtube channel because there's some cool covers on there and hopefully some more content by the time this video comes out so that's jazz boy fuck icon on youtube (laughs) i think (laughs) all the links all the relevant links are in the description below um i've been harry i've been jazz boy (laughs) and thanks for listening bye bye Bye, Dad.